beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. A family. <laughs> Hello. So uh, it's two black men this time, and it's two of us. <laughs> it's two of us. Uh, and since you all enjoyed when Samuel and I had just a stripped down conversation, here we are. But it's Trey and I. So here we are. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to sit down with Trey and talk about translation. And we're just going to talk like we normally be talking. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think the first question that I would ask you, brother, is why, why translation? Like, why did you feel the need to start it? and kind of what went into dreaming up this podcast yeah that's a that's a good question and i'm gonna I'm keep it real because you said it's how we talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, 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 the three of us had a conversation that was uh prompted by by you uh we talked about the vision for for our podcast and you had talked about wanting to do like a spinoff uh, where you got to have um, conversations of a different nature and, and um, with other other people in a more intimate setting. Um, but um, I, I sensed that there was a bit of uh, nervousness on your part that, that you were uh, going to be received as someone who, who was trying to drift away and do bigger and better things, which I don't, I don't think either one of us felt because at the end of the day, like you rock, like that's, that's your bag. <laughs> Just talking to people is, is what you do. But you were also very adamant in including us um, and like, like, yo, I'm not trying to just do this thing. Like I, I actually see all of us breaching out in, into our own gifts, like under the three black men imprint. Um, and and you had that conversation with us and in my mind, I was like, you know what? Cool, I actually got something that I've been like kind of kicking around in my head for a minute. And it was actually originally in my mind, I had this, this idea of a book. I wasn't sure if it was gonna be like a full translation or a paraphrase rather of the Bible or if it was gonna be a commentary um, because I started <laughs> uh, doing this thing every now and then where like even doing my personal, personal Bible studies or just a Bible story would pop in my head. I would just like tweet it out in like my plain language, right? Um, and people tend to receive that like really well. Like <laughs> it's cool that you put it that way. And I, you know, Ben, our brother, uh, shout out Benjamin Young. Uh, and <laughs> he had coined. He was like, "Oh man, it's the New Living Translation. That's fire." And Ben, he's always been like such an encourager um, of us three as a unit of us three and um, individually he sends like thoughtful gifts he's always thinking of other people like um he's a, he's a dope brother in that regard but even like he had said that one day like new living translation and i bookmarked it and i was like that's hilarious <laughs> so when you were brought up this whole thing about like breaching off because i was sitting there um and i'm intimidated by the, the idea of writing like books 
still to this day. And, and I'm and I'm trying to start getting to the habit of, of putting some things together and mapping it out. But that had always like intimidated me. So the, how this thing was going to come to fruition was tough for me um, until you brought up this idea of the podcast. And I was like, you know what? That sounds doable. Um, and I think you even remember at one point because we had talked about it and I was on the road. I was in Dallas at a conference at the time. And I was like, yo, like I need to get this down. Like I, I almost went and bought a mic while I was on the road to, to do this stuff. But I started writing up on a couple of things. Um, and uh, I, I did the trailer. Um, and then from then on, it was like, yo, I think I, think I know what I'm trying to do with this. And that's how the podcast itself was born. It was born of what I already tend to do in my own like personal life for the Bible. Like, yo, what is this actually saying? Um, and then, okay, how can I present this in a way that it reveals both about like me and how I communicate and 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 how I interact with uh, these scriptures and how that places me in um, the greater global community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, yeah, I do remember those initial uh, conversations, <laughs> conversations, yeah. and I, I, I think for me, what, I think watching that early formative portion of, of You Come Alive with the, the germination process was pretty cool because um, I, I think it was a spark as it started to grow because often people say, you know, we don't need any more podcasts and we don't need any more creative endeavors, yeah. especially from men. And uh, since we're here talking, uh, we yeah. can be honest. Uh, <laughs> and they be right half the time. But <laughs> um, no, I, well, I think we have to distill you. what we mean by that. Uh, yeah. Often, I think nuance is lost when people are just shooting from the hip, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think people, it sounds cute when someone says it, I, yeah. right? Like, I think, I think what's lost in that is... Um, what do you mean by that right like yeah, i you know because, i think and intrinsically we think of the fact that there's a bunch of podcasts that seem kind of the same like okay so i said that tongue to you like they, they yeah. probably have the time remember when we discovered that there's another three black male podcast yeah. um, right stop but you can check the dates and see who came first is all i'm saying oh uh, like we didn't need another three black men podcast right and i think when i say like oh maybe right half the time like we don't we don't need uh, a, a bunch of people trying to do the same things but i think that people showing up as authentically as possible um not only for themselves but for the communities they're a part of and in the communities that they're a part of I don't, I don't think that we could ever have too much of that. Um, exactly. And I, I think what we don't need, personally, my personal opinion, no one asked me, um, but this, this is my podcast, this is my Patreon community, is, um, is more misogyny, more hate, more violence, Say uh, right? More tearing down of what it means uh, to be holy and sacred. Uh, I think, you know, it's full, you know, <laughs> full, <laughs> full off of it. And 
it's I okay. Think, you can keep it. I know, right? You can definitely keep it. Because, you know, to your point, um, showing up as one's authentic self, there is beauty in the manifold expression uh, that people are longing for, people are hungry for, thirsty for. And um, it's beautiful to me. And I, I think watching you uncover your voice, your expression, what you wanted to do, how you wanted to do it was unique. And uh, even the format of how you wanted to do it was just so beautiful and uncovering that. And I also want to say this before we even get into the specifics of your pod is uh, I think what people are losing and saying we don't need more fill in the blank is a lot of us who have stood on the outside of gate-kept communities, um, where else would you hear us? Um, And you're not thinking when you say we don't need more fill in the blank, you're not realizing that for many of us, we don't have another way in um, to the halls of power, right? And so, you know, for us, we stand at interesting intersections of of who of our identities, right? You know, we're Christians, um, we're black. We're trying to divest from toxic forms of patriarchy, so yeah. that limits, you know, where we would speak, where we would do theology. Um, where else should we go? Yeah. <laughs> where, um, so we have to create our own lane, create our own tables, uh, which we've spoken about um, in previous podcasts. And um, so, yeah, we actually, we don't need another podcast. We don't need many things. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, we yeah. We don't need any podcast. It's not, it's not, it's not a necessity. But, yeah. but since we're here, might as well, you know, like yeah. it's one of those situations like do, do does the world need content technically speaking no but at the same time yes like that is part of what makes us human if you think about it like the, we call ourselves content creators right now but creation is something as old as time itself you got people who etch things into the walls of caves and we learn things about societies that way we have people who share stories about their origins and how they came to be and some of those things are enshrined to scriptures and we have whole religions that have been found around those things do we need those things depends on who you asking because for some people those very things are life like those are how we derive our identity those those are those tell us about who we are and how we've come to be so matter of fact that whole statement in and of itself like oh we don't need more podcasts that's a, that's a real odd thing to say and it's kind of um like in, in that regard because I, I, I joked earlier like oh they're they're right half the time like okay yeah but at the same token like that is how culture works like, we make things we share things and the things that that that, that are passed down and cherished help define people there'll, there'll be people and i'm not trying to like sound vain when i say this but but there's going to be people like somewhere down the line 100 years from now if the world's not over by then global warming or whatnot but people who i haven't even thought of yet who will be impacted by some of the things that we've shared in these podcasts because that is how culture and identity is transmitted you know yeah it's true and so i mean you don't have to partake um (laughs) um um, keep it moving um and so i you know to your particular podcast i uh Again, I was struck when you went from cautious timidity. 
<laughs> to like, I need this in my life. <laughs> you're like uh, and uh <laughs> it's still it's still was well, maybe it's not conscious timidity maybe it's reckless timidity at this point because i'm still no i'm saying at the beginning yeah the, i know the, the beginning convo conversation yeah. um <laughs> and then um I need to buy a mic right now. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I th- <laughs> and then yeah, it, all of a sudden you created a graphic and everything. I was like, wait, whoa. <laughs> yeah, man, it, 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 it hit me like with, with such clarity because at one point, here's the thing, like when you said that you wanted to do a spinoff, like, it was kind of clear in my mind what that would look like um, mm-hmm. because you are relatively consistent in that way even though you've done a lot of um, diverse things that i hadn't anticipated like you've done you've done readings of your home poetry um you've done, so so that's not to like pin you down in the corner but like i could see like no nah, this is rob's bag like that and, and when you were um you, you had a previous podcast with, with another organization that you had um sam and i's guest on and then me mm-hmm. other time so like I, I could see you doing that um me i've been parts of other podcasts before um i used to host one with my wife like way back um, i've been uh, I'm a part of a basketball podcast but like when it was in terms of me just my voice I was like yo I don't know if I can do that like I don't know if I can carry that so yeah to that extent there was a cautious timidity and then when I realized that like I didn't have to sit there and, and dream up something out of stock and I can deal with what's already in me right like if I have this whole translation thing going on I'm like wait why don't I do it this way and I'm like man is anybody gonna listen to me talk about the bible 45 minutes at a time um, and I was like, wait, why would it have to be 45 minutes? And yeah. pause, by the way, I do now recognize there are people who will listen to me talk about the Bible for 45 minutes at a time. Um, and I don't say that to be vain. I say that because I've seen other people do it. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. Like, I, I'm not really shooting from the hip. I'm, I'm knowledgeable about a lot of this stuff. But at the same time, like, I don't know if I want to listen to me talk about the Bible for 45 minutes at a time. That was one of the things that was um, uh, that, that was also an impediment for me. Like, how do I really want to do this? And then when I realized, like, yo, I don't have to. Like, I could do it in small chunks, um, mm-hmm. which now I'm finding a lot of people feel is too short. And to them, right now, at least, I say too bad. Oh, it's going it's, it's to it's stay that way for a minute. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, yeah uh, it's, it's one of those things that I, that, uh, it's 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 kind of taxing for me, even at this short length, just because um, there's a lot of emotional risk I put myself at because I'm dealing with scriptures that people around the world from all sorts of different cultures, all sorts of different religious traditions revere in such a way that me handling it in a way I do, like it's opening myself up um to criticism claims of irreverence and heresy and things of that nature right yeah and i yeah can i say this uh let's talk about one of the first episodes um okay and and then this will go even into the nuance of 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 the format etc um and and share as much as you would like um and I can't even remember the specific text. Uh, I think I know exactly which one you're talking about. Well, <laughs> well, I think what, again, what is unique about um, your show is the fact that, hey, in these 15 minute breakdown, you cover a lot of ground. And I have always thought, hey, less is more 
and uh, we don't need a lot, brother. <laughs> and I think even in the initial conceptions and us talking, like, brother, you don't got to be, <laughs> this doesn't need to be a, a, a theatrical piece. Yeah. Uh, just get in there and get out, you know? Yeah. And and I, I remember um, in one of your first episodes, um, I think you were going to use a word. Yeah. And I remember, <laughs> you know, helping you edit. And I was like, hey, brother, I don't know if you want to use this word. <laughs> you're yeah. like like you sure and i'm like yeah i this might not go off the way that you this with the audience and what i love in our back and forth dialogue and to your point that you were just making a moment ago is this really is work and rigor for you and someone listening on the other side might just think that you're just paraphrasing just not thinking I want you to take us for a moment into the preparation because, because it sounds so smooth and easy. Someone literally might be thinking, Hey, somebody just Trey just come sits down with the Bible. He's not really thinking there's no real preparation. He's like, mm. yeah. I, I just, I just, this is what my thoughts are on the Bible and boom. Okay. You ready to record? Uh, <laughs> No, because even in that dialogue, you're like, well, I think it's faithful to the text. And I'm like, yeah, it's faithful to the text, brother. I get you. (laughs) But I I saw how much you had thought about it. Um, And that let me know, no, there's there's working genius in here. Right. And so take us into that preparation in general. Yeah. So just to remove, like pull back. He said, share as much as I want. You're talking about the, the episode I did on Judges 11. We talked about Jephthah. The name of the episode was Jephthah Al right? And the word in particular, I'm, I'm not going to say it because I don't, I don't want to offend anybody, but um, we, we were talking about his mother, um, and, and the Bible heavily insinuates that his mother was an immoral woman a prostitute that that she was a, a a night worker right and i use you can probably you can probably go ahead and, and figure it out yourself now i use the word that is most common in our urban vernacular nowadays to describe someone of that right mm-hmm. um the, the, a word that ludicrous is very prone to use it yeah. uh, and i use that word i just dropped it in there and i remember you was like hey bro like um like like you said like i don't know if this is going to land the way that you want it to or no matter of fact precise what, what you had said exactly was like um, a large part of your audience will not have a problem with, but there is a very specific part that that might take issue with this. Um, and then I, so I was like, yeah, but I, it's faithful to the text. And 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 I maintain that that is faithful to the text. Um, but what you helped me realize is that um, when I'm, t- I, I don't want to be an obstacle to people hearing what I'm trying to say, because at the end of the day, like that word in and of itself, um, and me, it, it didn't even make the episode. Like I literally went and re-recorded that part um, and took it out. Cause you were like, oh, I could bleep it out. And I was like, nah, cause then people might fill it in with an even worse word, you know? People um, so, <laughs> were like, what was he saying? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So I went and I, and I re-recorded it because at the end of the day, like we have, especially if, if the premise of my show is about paraphrasing and the importance of language, like we have enough words that I can still communicate that idea um, without, without that, particular hot button word right so i think i ended up using something like lady of the night i can't remember i think, I yeah, think that's, I don't what, remember. that's what i said um but just the whole idea of when when i'm sitting down with this text oh with any text my question is okay what were they trying to get across 
Um, and mm -hmm. in that moment, I felt that they were trying to talk about Jephthah's uh, scandalous background, right? Like, like the fact that he, he was not viewed as, as an honorable person of noble stock or whatever. And then the question then becomes like, okay, how would that be committed? If I were telling a similar story, if I was trying to communicate that same idea, what words would I use? Because I don't necessarily come from a culture that has the same idea of nobility. Like even when you talk about, um, I was looking up about uh, judge and future justice, uh, Kentandre Brown Jackson, right? And, and about her husband, um, who I, I can't remember his name. We're just gonna call him Mr. Jackson, because that's his name. But um, I was reading that his family is considered Boston Brahmin. Now, I had no idea what Boston Brahmin was. So I had to go look up Boston Brahmin. And it is, in effect, like it's talking about old stock. Like he could trace his ancestors back to people who served in the first Continental Congress of the United States. Um, like people who are heavily associated with Harvard University, like going back, back Harvard being the oldest school and stuff like that. Um, and even that reality that's present in our day is foreign to my vernacular, to, to my knowledge base. So the, the, the whole concept of like nobility and everything was foreign to me. I'm like, how would I like communicate that? How, if, if I was talking to my boys, how would that go? And I'm like, oh, well, his mama was like, she won't nobody. And, and so it's a matter of taking ideas. It's why I, I can never pretend that this is a formal translation process or a word for word translation process when I'm very open about what I'm going for is thought for thought or even feeling for feeling, idea for idea. Like how would I communicate this reality, this truth if I were telling a very similar or the same story today? Um, and, and that tends to be um, how I do that. And honestly, it's something that makes me nervous for the fact there's people who are like, oh, I still ride with the King James because it keeps the poetry alive. I'm like, well, poetry evolves too, you know? Like, um, I can I can, I can, can read Shakespearean sonnets and appreciate their artistry while acknowledging the fact that's not what I'm listening to in my free time, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> Kendrick Lamar is a poet in his own right, uh, and yeah. he don't talk like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> just the idea. Um, yeah, so, no. Yeah. I love and even yeah, well, because like even when I'm handling other texts like like psalms and stuff, that makes me nervous because those are meant to be poet poetic, right? So I have to wrestle myself like, how am I going to communicate this? And then I think about like how I fell in love with poetry. I used to watch Deaf Poetry Jam, mm -hmm. and poetry has a very different like meter isn't always as important to everybody like sometimes it'll be stuff like alliteration or just the passion with what you're saying a certain line so how can i like put emotion in here to get across that like no this is an artistic expression that we're dealing with so there's a whole bunch of different considerations i have to take to let people know that i'm taking this seriously um while still trying to be authentic to like the people i'm trying to communicate with no i love that i uh and, and and it lets you know it's appearing into the creative process. I think often people assume, you know, I would I wouldn't know that unless I heard you talk about it, right? I think mm -hmm. there is this uh, myth of the creator and not knowing, uh, especially of the theologian creator. Um, yeah. Uh, of how it's going down um but what i love in that is there is a thoughtfulness and there isn't just a waywardness and what i love about that is 
I think it explains why one that there can't be like frequent um, translations that are coming yeah. out like all the time. Like I'll just release them all the time. And why can't you do my favorite one? You know, tomorrow it's like, oof. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, and tell me if I'm wrong. And it probably explains why certain passages of scripture lend itself um, more easily to um, being dissected in uh, in more easily read, you know, readily available to uh, translation than other passages, yeah. right? Like it's yeah. like there are ones that are okay. This goes this passage of scripture. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jesus being outside the gate. Um, <laughs> yeah right okay so um, one this probably don't go like that i mean i could do it it's just that would just maybe take a little bit longer right right and 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 a lot of it for me like there, there's certain okay storyers for instance uh, storyers stories um are, are typically a little easier for me to do because it, the, the stories have beginnings middles and endings right like then mm -hmm. the stories are naturally something that we pass down through cultures mm -hmm. and generations that, that's like um one of my favorite scriptures or stories and scriptures that actually became a translation episode thus far was um the story of the ethiopian unit right mm -hmm. um and that's a little easier for me because retelling stories is it's, it's natural it's what we like they <laughs> redid romeo and juliet in, in a million different ways and we got all these different like that we, uh bel-air from the fresh prince bel-air retelling stories is easy but when um like it's i think on two different occasions now somebody's requested one that I actually took the heart and don't, don't start sending all your requests and thinking they get it done. Cause that's not how we got to the spam folder. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, not even. Cause sometimes like I think, no, it, it is. But, Stop. Okay, like, <laughs> but okay psalms are a little tougher for me. Right. Like stuff like that. And then, and then there's other things like, um, I did one on. Okay. Then I'm requesting uh, the book of revelation. Go. <laughs> the whole hey, one. Hey, go. Know I'm gonna I'm I'm touch it. I'm gonna touch on it one day. Okay. Gonna, so this mad. is so this is so this is my house. This is my house behind me. <laughs> Book of Revelation. Next one. Go. Oh shoot. Um, oh shoot. But you know, start with Revelation chapter one. Go. We gonna we gonna get there. And, and no, not don't don't try and hustle me because with the stutter, if you huh, you can hear. Uh, Book of Revelation <laughs> is the next one. Go. Yeah, man. we we not the next one you know just because i don't like you tell like i don't like oh you, you were so prideful just just because i don't like being told what to do not uh, the next one. now it's gonna go on like number three or four in the oh queue my God. It's going there. and then it's gonna get me in trouble with some folk because at the end of the day another thing is um and i believe in the rapture too and that better be in there <laughs> my brother bad uh, you, know, you know revelation almost didn't make the bible yeah, like they almost didn't include it in there. Mm. Uh, as, as, as a matter of fact, uh, Revelation, if I'm not mistaken, was not like considered universally authoritative across Christendom until well after the first couple creeds. So the ideas of like salvation and uh, uh, and even some eschatological views had already been like put in creed form before we accepted. <laughs> like revelation of art so, so some people are gonna be mad at me <laughs> when we get to revelation i'm like hey man like this book is it's a lot going on in here but it, it ain't what a lot of y'all think it is i want um, the left behind part in uh the translation so boy, if you make that happen <laughs> 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 uh, 
that's oh. cute and that's great, but make sure. <clears throat> <laughs> the left one, huh? I'm going to get Nicolas Cage as a guest on the translation, man. Oh, my God. Anyways, yeah. what were you about to say? I don't even <laughs> remember. See, <it's> nice. <laughs> oh, but yeah, there, there's um, cer- certain things, uh, stories, like I said, that, that are easier for me to 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 update. But um, and the Bible is full of stories, but the Bible is also full of other things. The Bible is full of. Um, I'm trying to say this carefully so that I don't upset somebody, but I know that somebody's going to be upset regardless of how I say this. So I'm going to say this the way that is most natural and factual. The Bible is also full of theology done under the guise of history, right? Um, and mm. and I say that because, and I, and I'm not saying that like all the history is false. But I'm saying that history is not always the main point of the history we see in the Bible. The main point is theology. <laughs> like, we're trying to say something about God and God's interaction with these people. And that becomes a little bit more difficult to handle sometimes because I have to consider, okay, what are we? What is being communicated right here? What mm-hmm. is the goal of that? And um, just just thinking through all that so like you said yeah I, I get how listening to it and then you you look at the cover and it's me in a Brooklyn Nets cap wearing goals on my own oh and and, and and I don't necessarily scream reverence but that in even um of itself is an intentional choice because uh the bible is a lot messier than we give it credit for mm. right like I, I shot off a tweet today because um, back when Game of Thrones is on, people was like, oh, Christians should not be watching this. And I think even retrospectively, there's a, a valid element to that with regards to the ethics of some of the things that they made actors and actresses do that they may not have been comfortable with. But if your main issue is the content of the show and the sexual content and the violence of the show, that's not as valid a critique because I've read uh, King's Chronicles. <laughs> I mean, I've read Samuel King. Like I've seen what that is. Truly literally all that stuff is in there like down to the incest like down down to a couple powerful queen like it's, it's all in there right um and and part of my goal in translation is making the bible both more personable like you being able to like relate to it a bit more and more human so that we can see the fullness of humanity in there. like it's not just I used to hear all the time the Bible is God's love letter to us. And that and that and that's um true in some respects, but it also obscures a lot of what the Bible actually is. Um and one of my goals is for people to embrace the Bible in its fullness. So they're gonna have to strip it down um to just this this rule book or this this one-to-one correspondence from god to you which is not what it is um oh and can i say as an observer i i think what is helpful is both the thought about the bible and then about translation i think the older i get i I have a looser hand with the Bible and, you know, I've been reading the Bible almost every day uh, since, uh, you know, 2004. And as years have gone by, I love it all the more, but I don't, I don't know I'll put it this way. I 
I hold it with an open hand and I, I don't call anyone to hold it in any way. I don't call anyone to it in any certain way. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, to your point, is it a love letter? I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. Is it a rule? Not, not to me. Um, <laughs> And I used to have all these constricting thoughts and views on yeah. it. All I know is I love it, <laughs> you know, and yeah. that, that, that's all I know. I really, I, I, I have these thoughts on it. Um, I have what I think it's not, <laughs> um, yeah. but all I know is I love it. Um, yeah. I, I know I love it and I know what it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a biology book. No. no (laughs) it it gives us every you know it gives us everything in this category no um (laughs) stop um and i think holding in that open hand allows for all that it can be right in those endless possibilities um shows the beauty of what the bible can be and i think part of that openness is what allows people who have maybe been hurt by the Bible, yeah, the confidence to come back to it again, yeah, right? And I think, I think that that is some of the beauty of your podcast. Um, and because I can't even say all of what your podcast offers um, because I see all of the comments your podcast does receive. Right. And I see the different types of people that are um, touched by your podcast and not equating your podcast in fullness to the Bible. But I think your podcast points to the Bible in a way that that's really beautiful. Um, I think part of your podcast allows the Bible it serves as a doorway to the Bible and um, yeah, because it's unassuming in the sense of like, it's, it's like, okay, here's a step up to getting back to this thing that maybe was restrictive. Um, You got to memorize this thing. It's a rule book. You got to, you know, and it's like, it could be any of these amount of things. Right. And so that's what I think. Yeah, and I think part of it um, that that makes some people even and there, I think there's people who, who might um, appreciate the podcast who don't even like make a habit of reading the Bible because I'm typically unafraid of letting the Bible be what it is. Right there, the, and there are times like I know um, the episode about Psalm 51 and its corresponding events in uh first sam second samuel or the, the david and Bathsheba episode right where I, I let my thoughts be made known um like yo david was kind of raggedy matter of fact i called him a scrub in the in the psalm 51 episode i did i used that word to describe king david um, <laughs> which which like it was one of the things when, when i played it back i was like ah should i fix that and i was like no nah, at the end of the day like we need to if anybody did that now we would have a lot to say well a lot of people would have a lot to say about it and i think that that's one of those things that um helps um, not only humanize the Bible, but make the podcast something uh, people are willing to engage with because 
okay, we say we're not sure what the Bible is, but we know what it's not, and we know we know we love it. Here's one thing I will say that the Bible definitely is, right? It's a library. And when you think about that in its loosest terms, like what does a library? A library is going to be a collection of books. All of those books will not agree with each other, right? Um, those books will contain diverse protect uh, perspectives on on some of the same issues, some of them wildly different issues. There will be different genres of books in those libraries. Some of them will be true stories. Some of them will be collections of poems. Some of them will be tales. Um, there, there, there will be books written over a period of time from different people with different lives and different languages of origin or whatever. All of those things are true. Um, there will also be books like, wow, this is really messed up. Like, oh, I don't like that book that much. You will read some books like, oh, I'm rather not come back to this one. And all of those things are true of <laughs> some of the stuff in the Bible, right? And when we let the Bible be the library that it is, it kind of frees us from forcing us to say and believe things that run counter to what um, not only our intuition is telling us, but what the spirit of God is telling us, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. No, and I love that. And I think some, a lot of people need, um, I've been saying this often, um, you know, a lot of times I put out, um, let's say tweets, um, as a way to gauge climate, uh, emotional climate and the consistent emotional climate that I, I feel from people is that people are weary. Um, well, how do I know that Rob, how do you know that? <laughs> Consistently, if I say y'all are doing a very good job, that tweet <laughs> dang near goes viral every time I'm like, whoa, um, whoa, we're tired, y'all. <laughs> if I say, y'all, y'all are doing amazing. Everyone's like, whoa, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, y'all, we're really tired. And um, that doesn't sound that profound, but when I'm like, you're doing the best job you can uh, with the resources you've been allotted, I think what's sad to me is how much people need to hear that. And so I say that because that's in my mind when I think I use that data when then when I'm I'm creating, right? Um, I'm not divorced from that data than when I think about your podcast, right? Um, like, oh, people are really tired. Anyways, I'm just gonna create my own. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> You know, and so then when I think about people's relationship to the Bible, people are really tired, man. <laughs> people are emotionally very weary. Um, people really need to know uh, something to counter the narrative um, that they can't do it. Um, that's the backdrop. <laughs> um, and um, and that's been the consistent backdrop uh, for a couple of years now. Um, I don't know if it's changing anytime soon. <laughs> But I, I think then, um, I think that that your podcast serves this gap uh, then with being able to come to the Bible um, or, or the, I think for many people, what I've seen is I can't even open the Bible. Mm. I think that's the consistent theme yeah. that I see from people. I can't. 
yeah for whatever reason you know fill in the blank reason like child i can't even get in the word like that or yeah. i am in the word um but i'm tired um like i'm just like i am i'm i'm in the bible i'm reading my word i'm just tired <laughs> and i need to yeah. hear it from a different perspective and that's not divorced from the reality of waves hand at a global pandemic um, nobody is untired um, and so i think that that's where um i think a 15 minute pod distilling um the word i think uh is necessary um, because wow. we don't have a lot of time brother you know? wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah yeah man that's cool I, I, necessary at that home i'm sitting with that word because um i because struggle... can i say this for the necessary yes. part i think because i think times have changed um how has content changed in the pandemic um it had the landscape has changed knowing what i just said about fatigue tired tiredness emotionally spiritually physically and knowing the status of people's souls and bodies and then people have been in the house <laughs> um, i need you to get in <laughs> um if you're gonna create some content i need you to <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> bam yeah <laughs> kablooey you know go ahead <laughs> yes thanks. um but even like the the idea of of, of it being necessary I'm, I'm sitting with that and, and i'm humbled because one of the things like uh i literally do sit with each and every person like everybody everybody who shares or, or retweets or, or quotes he said like i'd sit there and I, and I sit with those comments um and i've said i've, I've had people like yo I'm, I'm in tears listening to this and um i'm both humbled and sobered by the fact that the words that i'm speaking like in, into this microphone are resonating with people like that because like you said people are tired and not only that um so many people have felt battered by the bible as a weapon even in this time because of course like in a library like if you're a lazy researcher you can go in there and just pick up a book and, and say oh this says this uh because but you already went in there with that presupposition like so many people have been battered by that that um when texts are engaged with in such a fashion that number one like this is what it says and it's not always neat and number two um this is how this would be communicated to us if it were written today which is a very important point like this is a very ancient book um written in a very 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 dissimilar language like literally you read it in the opposite direction of how you read our text for uh, the hebrew portion of the bible right um like when when i when i realize that people uh, are resonating with it in such a fashion it's indicative of like you said there, there's a certain weariness but also there is a desire right because i'm one of those people I, I listen to people who feel distant from the faith they've grown up in or, or even if they didn't grow up in it or people who've walked away 
Um, and it's never, I don't want to say never, it's often not an easy thing to do, right? But what I hear in a lot of people is that you, um, and, and I mean me, like like they, they've found new ways of connecting, right? And I think that that's ultimately the point of the Bible and why we haven't discarded it after all of this time. The Bible as a library is also a connection point. Um, and that's hard for us to understand because especially with the boom in technology, like we forget the library is, is for whatever else it is, it's, it's a connection point where people gather. Like I used to go to the Bible and, and hear them read stories and put on little mini productions and stuff like that, right? Um, it's, it's also a connection point. And when you're able to like, oh, wow, there is a place for somebody like me at this connection point, even if it's not um, engaging with it in the same way as everybody else. Like I, I can sit here, even if I'm at the margins, like I'm still here at, at the gathering and there are people gathered around me in this regard. Um, and that impacts me because at the end of the day, that's why I got into this, right? Like even if, well, I don't want to say, if, if everybody stopped listening to the New Living Translation right now, like we looked at the metrics and it was like, Trey, you clearly have no audience. I probably wouldn't still like produce the podcast, but I'd still go through the process because like, even when I'm not recording it, this is what I'm doing. Like, what is this saying? Um, I need this to make sense to me. Even if I don't agree with what it's saying, even if what it's saying doesn't make me feel good, what is it saying? How can I connect with this? How, how can I get into this library? without sticking out like a sore thumb, right? <laughs> like, um, is, is, is what it's about for me. So I'm always humbled when I see those comments. And the, the wildest thing about it to me is like, I, I had no idea who would end up listening to this thing. Cause I'm, I'm talking like Trey, um, the Trey who in his late twenties, early thirties decided he was gonna stop cold switching. <laughs> and that's how I'm approaching the Bible. Um, I had no idea, but seeing like people from all different walks of life. And I think, I'm not sure if they just respect the fact that um, I'm, I'm authentically engaging with the Bible from where I'm at or what, but like, that's always humbling to me because um, I'm hoping that somebody feels like they have permission to engage with the Bible in their own language. Like, that's always been my prayer, regardless of whether or not you talk like me or, or whatever. Um, I want that for you. And I want you to know it's okay. I, it, it, it's, it's okay to bring who you are to the text and the text is still going to speak to you. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> talked about a new segment we're gonna talk about uh what's on the front burner some some things um that that uh we are excited about personally as as individuals and bringing that and sharing that with y'all so on the front burner for today it would have to be knowing when to ask for help yeah that would be it it is what i am thinking about what I am liking. And I know that in today's society and Robert's society, there is this thought and this general notion that we have to have everything together. We have to have everything put together. We have to be an island unto ourselves. But as we grow and as we shed previous toxic layers of ourselves we have to know when to tap out and so I am learning that 
slowly and knowing when it is okay to say, hey, I don't have it all together. Hey, I need a helping hand. So on the front burner for today is knowing when it is okay to ask for some help for some exterior resources. have a patreon which patreon. i want to encourage each and every one of y'all to to visit at our uh, patreon.com slash three black men uh think through it pray through it ask god uh, <laughs> if, if he would have you partake in this work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here we have uh some blog pieces going up there's going to be some devotional content coming out and i want to encourage you guys um to visit that patreon patreon.com slash three black men go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos go ahead watch, watch them, <laughs> them them babies ain't ruin nothing man matter of fact there's more people gonna sign up to, to see them babies how about that bro <laughs>